Father, as we look to you for directions and guidance in this time of need, in this time of uncertainty, I pray that your light will be our guide, that you shine upon this darkness and be a hope and inspiration for us in the days to come. Lord, you said that you will never leave us nor forsake us. The path of your Son, Jesus Christ, is the embodiment of who you are and your purpose and your will for us. So help us, Lord, today as we journey through your promise. Give us the hope to hold on to the promises of Jesus Christ and the glory that you have given to those who pursue after you. In the name of Jesus. That I may know him. Let's turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. I want to begin with verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, in whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through Jesus Christ, the righteousness of God by faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. To know where we are in this life, we need to be recognized by others. To love and to be loved, to have and to have in possession by someone else. Give us the reason for why we're here for our continued existence and struggle. The Apostle Paul, in the preceding verses, gave us his credentials that none can match. He had everything. Accomplishments, very few in his days. Even the one who arrested him, beat him. When they realized that he was a Roman, he said, with great sum have I obtained this. And Paul's response was, I was freeborn. Listing out all these things, and he said, of all of you, I have more in confidence in my flesh, in my ability. I'm an intellectual. I have authority, position. I persecuted the church. I did God a service. I rose in the ranks, in the authority. And he said, I had it all. I had everything. And then, in summary, he said, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ, that I may know him. The knowledge of Jesus Christ is the start of every Christian pursuit. If this is not your pursuit, if you are not pursuing to know Jesus Christ, then what are you pursuing in this life? Paul had it all, and he said, I count it as dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. And he said, in whom I've suffered the loss of all things. And he said that I might win Christ, that I may win Christ. No confidence in the flesh. The flesh, what is it? Romans eight thirteen. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. 
But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. The flesh is your history. The flesh is your ability. The flesh is your strength. The flesh is your wisdom. Some go through life and think that they have the ability, the strength, the skill, and believe that they can overcome all obstacles. Yes, some have, and we praise them for it. They sent a car that just went past Mars. To what end? What's the purpose of it all? When in the end, we know our mortality. Some have conquered kingdoms, vast domains, all the way throughout Asia. And then, just one moment, die. Give up everything in this youth. To what end do we put our hopes and dependency on this flesh and this ability? What will you gain? What will you have? Solomon said, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. All was vanity, vexation of spirit. The only battle that should be waged is the battle against your flesh. It is the battle that we must win against ourselves. This mind, this lust, Jesus says, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. The number one enemy is you, it's your flesh. We pride so much in our ability in this head, but that is the thing that will prevent you. Because unless we deny ourselves, take up the cross and follow Jesus Christ, there is no beginning for a Christian. Paul appeals to the church not to trust in the flesh. He said he has all the qualifications. If anyone, he has it all. Count it all but dung that I may win Christ. He asked them to worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ. Now, those words mean anything to us. If they don't, we're living in a world that, that is not inhabited by those who worship God in spirit and in truth. The Apostle Paul echoes what the Lord Jesus has said in John 4:23. But the hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the, father, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Note, God is looking for those who worship him. God is looking for worshipers. Are you a worshiper? When you hear that God is looking for worshipers, is that you? Does that have any resonance with where we are in this life? God is looking. The Father seeketh such to worship him. God is looking for worshipers. Otherwise, you. The Father is seeking worshipers who are led not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. Are you worship God in the Spirit or in the flesh? Do you know? Do you find joy in the worship of God or the act of worshiping God? 
Are you rejoicing in Jesus Christ? Or are you carried by the melodies and tunes that resonate with your current sentiments? If you pursue to satisfy this flesh, you will be frustrated to no end because your lust is unquenchable. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The Apostle Paul, again, brings us back to this battle that we need to wage against the flesh. It wants so much. It needs so much. It desires so much. And so we want to satisfy the flesh. But here's the problem. You cannot fulfill the desire of the, of the flesh. It is bottomless. It has no end. There's no way that we can and will satisfy this flesh. And he said, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you put on the Lord Jesus Christ if you don't know him? How do you put on the Lord Jesus Christ? And here's my message today. You must know Jesus Christ. Christians, seems ironic that I need to say this, but Christians need to know Jesus Christ. We know many things. We know how a lot of things work. We even know the law very well. We think that we know this very well. And we presume to be teacher of it because we can read the word. Now, it's not the words, it's not the language. The letter killeth, but the spirit makes alive. You need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know him? The apostle Paul says that I may know him. Of all the things that he went through, he said that I may know him. Eternal joy, it runs parallel to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Because Christ is infinite as we pursue the knowledge of him. Our quest is infinite. We continue to explore and see the vastness and the greatness of Jesus Christ. The minute that you say that you know him, you stop, you become stagnant, and then you are overtaken by the world. There's a way that leads to destruction. Many. There are a lot of people on that path. It's not hard to find that path. Just listen. The crowds will lead you there. The noise of the multitude will lead you there. It's not hard to find the path that everyone is on because the whole world is on. Many are on the path that leads to destruction. But if you listen to the still, small voice, if you can, weave through all this noise, and here there is a path that leads to life. And that path requires the abandonment of the multitude, of the masses, that says, yes, I like, I enjoy. Give me more, more of the flesh more of what you have to offer because I like it so that you will like me. How do you know that people love you, like you, or even care for what you say? We don't. And yet, we continue to support, we continue to give credence to what they say in hope that in return, they return the favor. Well, what is it? Does it have any meaning? 
The narrow path of righteousness is unpopular and rejected by many. The Apostle Paul says, I count all, but dung. Rubbish in some translation. Proverbs 27.20 Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. The flesh is never satisfied and cannot be pleased. All who try to find contentment in the flesh failed. There's only one solution. The Apostle Paul says, give it up, abandon it. All of your pursuit to please this flesh, just give it up. I know I might be speaking completely a different language and foreign to this generation and maybe my own generation. But that's what the Apostle Paul says, that's what the Bible says. Yeah, you can skip all this and you don't have to learn this. Can you be a Christian? Forsaking the self is the beginning. I wonder how many of us even teach our kids that. To forsake the self. If we don't live it, we can't teach it. I like this. The world is now built on what I like. And the approval of my likes has become the center of everything we do. This thumb up generation is the new world order. When you go back to the Bible, the Lord Jesus Christ says, if you don't deny yourself, take up the cross, you're not worthy to be my disciple. Is that the gospel? That may not be the gospel for today's generation. Forsaking the self is the requirement of those who are in school, the prerequisite to enroll in the school of Jesus Christ. There is no following Christ unless you forsake yourself. Jesus told the rich young ruler that, go home, sell all you have, give it to the poor, and then come and follow me. He couldn't do it. Can I do it? No one can follow Christ without first forsaking himself. You cannot claim to be Christ's disciple unless you forsake yourself and your desires. Have you ever wondered when you say, I don't like this? You hear people say that all the time. Have you ever sit in isolation and just listen to the world around you? And you hear people say and voice the likes and dislikes. Full of contradictory. Forsake yourself. Take up the cross and follow Jesus Christ. Count them. Count all you have. Take stock of them. And then discount them. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ, yea, doubtless. And I count all things as lost. For the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, in whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them, but dung that I may win Christ. Nothing compares to the excellency of the knowledge, the Apostle Paul said, the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. That is our pursuit. That should be our pursuit. That should be my pursuit. The excellency of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing compares to that. If this sounds foreign to you, you need to pray earnestly that God may grant you the faith of Jesus Christ. Because in the verse after that, 
and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, not your own pursuit, because I try to know Jesus Christ because I study. Yes, you need to study. There's no way that, that knowledge can enter this mind without studying. You cannot lay your head upon books and get it absorbed into your mind. You need to study. But if you think that because you try in your righteousness and somehow attain to the faith of Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul says, no. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, not what I do, but that which is through Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. That's what we need. It is through, yes, learning, but it is through prayer. Does that sound foreign? Do we pray? Do we seek God for his faith? The righteousness of God. The righteousness that is of God. We need to pray, church. We need to turn and reorient ourselves to Christ. Everything else is rubbish. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. The excellency of Christ. That I may know him, the Apostle Paul says. That I may know him. That should be our pursuit. That should be the thing that drives us and motivates us. That I may know him. God, all the things that Paul suffered and went through. And he said, that I may know him. We think we know Jesus Christ. You cannot make peace with the flesh. Because to know Jesus Christ, there is one requirement. And that is, put this flesh under subjection of the Holy Spirit. Knowing Jesus Christ begins with the premise that the flesh and the spirit are on different, on opposing side of the spiritual battlefield. Note what he said here, that I may win Christ. It is a struggle. It is not a walk in the park. The flesh does not want to give up. You cannot walk up to the flesh and say, I reject you. It doesn't work. The flesh will draw you in and mangle you because you don't have the strength to overcome it. You are not equipped because you use your flesh to overcome the flesh. It doesn't work. The spirit has to be the strength in which you overcome the flesh by. There is a battlefield and the flesh led by the carnal mind. And the Apostle Paul says, For the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It is impossible for you to think that with this flesh, we can somehow overcome itself. A gun cannot shoot itself. The flesh is a loaded weapon. You cannot win it by using it. It must be overcome by the Spirit. There is no making peace with the flesh. You must fight it by the Spirit of God. And that is through prayer. That is through fasting. That is through rejection of the things that your daily need employs. I need. I want. I like. Begin to take those things out of your vocabulary. Begin to say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. What would you like me to do? Submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and lean not on your own understanding. Don't think that we can overcome the flesh by our own might. It will not work. You will lose. The Apostle Paul says, I count all things but loss 
for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, in whom I've suffered the loss of all things. I counted them and I discarded them. They have no value, no use to me because I need to win Christ, that I may win Christ. This flesh cannot win by using it to defeat itself. It doesn't work. We need to overcome this flesh by the Spirit of God. The carnal mind is enmity against God for it's not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. It's impossible. That I may win Christ. Winning Christ. The battle over the supremacy of the Christian's life ends with either you win or you lose the battle to the flesh. The apostle lays out the plan for victory. He counted all things as loss. What were gained to me, I counted loss. All things. You can spend all your life cultivating that garden and one day, it all die. Raise your children and one day, it's all gone. Went through all your studies, did all the homework, one day it's all gone. You should say, it's okay. It's fine. I counted all as lost. Everything here can be gone. I counted all as lost. Have you counted all as lost? That's a challenge. Have you counted all as lost? Can you just walk away? That's what the apostle Paul says. I count all things but lost for the sake of the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. That's all that there is. And if that is not your pursuit, we are on the wrong side of the spiritual equation. The pursuit of the knowledge of Christ means the willingness to lose all things for his sake. Because that's what faith is. Faith is, look, Lord, I have all these things in my possession. Everything that were gained to me, everything that's dear to me, all the people that I have in my life. At one point, I was adored. Now, I'm despised, rejected, discarded. <laughs> the apostle Paul says that I may know him. That's all that matters. These simple words came from someone who has endured the scourge of both his foes and his friends. They give me peace and solace. The Apostle Paul. I'm like a flea compared to the great apostle. And if he say, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, I have nothing to lose. There's nothing that I have compared to the apostle here. The journey with Christ is not friendly to the flesh, nor to your friends or family. You don't deny your family. You're not worthy to be his disciple. Christ endured man's hatred. The apostle Paul suffered the same cruelty, even from those who are closest to him. This actually brings me much comfort. And yet, the Apostle Paul concluded with this, this phrase. Open with me, this one verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Something he knows about Jesus Christ that I don't know. 
For these words bring him comfort, and I will gladly, very gladly, spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. The price of following Christ is high, and there will be no discount for the flesh. Often you walk alone. Not just that, the sneers and scorns of those closest to you. The Apostle Paul went through this. This passive aggressiveness of our society today. The messages that seemingly distant to you are pointed at you. And you conclude that I may know him. All of this, the rejection of what I long for, I want. Yes, we want to be loved by others, don't we? That's defined where we are in relation. You're there, you're there, you're there, you're there. All that relationship that we have defined why I am. And the Apostle Paul said he rejects all that. Because what defines where he is, is where he stands in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his orientation. Not the people, praise and adoration is his orientation. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Let me offer a prayer for us. Let us pray that God let these words be my continual prayer. We ask God, would you let me be worthy, not in my own ability, but in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, be counted worthy to partake in the fellowship of his sufferings. The fellowship of his suffering and conform my life to the death of your son so that I might know him. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Lord, would you grant us the grace, Lord? You said in your word that he who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. I pray for those who are here today that you would open their ears, that they might have ears to hear what you are saying, what your Spirit is saying. Let, we, let us, the church, take stock at, of what we have and be willing to say, I counted all as loss for the sake of Jesus Christ. And Lord, bring us to that place, into that realm of glory that we may glimpse your son, Jesus Christ, and be found in him, and be found in him. Not what I have done, Lord, but what you have done for me. And Lord, give us the humility to say, let me know you, Lord. Allow me to know you. Give me the, the grace of that pursuit to say, and to truly believe in that prayer in sincere belief that you will grant me, you will grant me the grace to desire to know you, to want to know you. Not in the words that we sing as a song that's already been defined by the musicians, but truly from the heart to say, Lord, let me know you. 
Let me come to know your son in ways I have not seen or known before. And allow your church, Lord, to grow at this time. Allow the church to begin to reject the flesh and the desires of the flesh, the need to be approved and to have the approval of others. But that we would conform ourselves to the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be made conformable to his death and to count worthy to partake in the fellowship of your sufferings. Lord, let this flesh and let the desires of the, fl- of the flesh and the lust, let it be buried, Lord, under your authority, under your power. And allow us, Lord, give us the unction, give us the courage to kneel down and say, God, would you help me? Would you grant me the grace? Give us strength in this time, Lord, and walk us through this valley. Be our guide, our lead. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.